Support for Switched On Pop comes from Stereophonic, Broadway's must-experience new play. If you only see one thing on Broadway this year, make sure it's Stereophonic, written by David Ajme, directed by Daniel Aachen, and featuring original music by Arcade Fire's Will Butler. The play follows a 1970s rock band on the verge of breaking down, breaking up, or breaking through. The New York Times, The New Yorker, and New York Magazine call it best of the year, and Peter Marks of the Washington Post says, okay, I'll go there. Stereophonic is the best play of the year. Get your tickets at stereophonicplay.com slash fox. Welcome to Switched On Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. Charlie, today we are discussing Little Nas X and his track Old Town Road. We're really going to go there? Oh, we're really going to go there. This yeah. is currently number one <laughs> yeah. on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. Is it really? Yeah, as of, as of this recording. I wonder how the Billboard feels about that. <laughs> we'll get to that. And this is a song that has sparked a national conversation yeah. about what country music sounds like and who gets to sing it do i get to sing it all that will be tackled and more but we're just going to push this whole question of genre to the side for a second yeah and we're just going to listen to this song I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black, got the boosters black to match. Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your boy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just start with a, a basic question. Yeah. Is this song good? Oh, I like this song. Yeah. Tell me why. Well, you revealed one of my most inner dark secrets yet last week, which was that I have a deep love of Nine Inch Nails, and this <laughs> is based off of a... I think a Creative Commons licensed Nine Inch Nails track. So I really liked that. That was the first thing I noticed. But it's also a fun country song. I think it gets the twang really, it's well done. Yeah. It's, it's a fun trap beat. And I feel like it has, the, it does a good job of kind of rubbing up against my expectations of the boundaries of genre in a non intellectual way, just like in a musical way. I'm like, ooh, I haven't quite heard things quite exactly like this and i like it it's a fascinating dare i say postmodern melange <sighs> of of sounds here yes. and it is really deeply powerfully catchy like yeah. this is ingrained in my synaptic pathways <laughs> now yeah okay so we both agree the song is fire yes uh let's talk a little about where it comes from and we have a clue here. You already dropped. You're, you're, you're as usual, getting way ahead of us, dropping the nine-inch nails knowledge, dropping the C word, the country word. But it's okay. We're going to get there. But I want to start, like, what is this song? Where did it come from? And how did it get to be number one on the Billboard Hot 100? And then, again, along the way, we'll talk about the controversy it's generated. But first, just where did this song come from? It came from a young man named Little Nas X, a.k.a. Montero Lamar Hill. And... This song is going to tell us so much about the the sound and the business of popular music hmm. today. Let's go into it a, a little further. First of all, let's just like 
listen to a little more of the lyrics of this song and understand, I think, why it's become so popular. It is funny. It's <laughs> clever. It's surprising. Let's go to the second verse. Riding on a tractor, lean all in my blood. Cheated on my baby. You can go and ask me. My life is a movie. Bull riding in boots. Cowboy hat from Gucci. Wrangler on my booty. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's yeah yeah, it's, yeah we got so cowboy hat from gucci uh-huh. wranglers on my booty right that's, lean, a, that's a really funny rhyme riding on my tractor uh lean in my bladder lean being the the purple drank the robitussin codeine mixture that a lot of uh southern rappers especially uh, are known to drink so it's like as you said this fun mashup of country tropes with hip-hop tropes yeah kind of putting a little ironic spin on some country imagery mm-hmm. but it's not it doesn't feel like it's ever mocking country music or country tropes it no. feels like it's celebrating them and leaning into them there are other songs which employ way more cliche which feel more like satire which are entirely earnest okay. <laughs> yeah yeah we've probably discussed a few of those on the show over the years um so Lil Nas X has has dropped this very entertaining very lyrically clever song and then there's this this beat right yeah and that has its own story as well and we get one clue as to where this beat came from it comes about 25 seconds into the song and it's this little lyrical interjection. Did you catch that? Keel? Close. Let's, let's, let's spin it one more time. Okay, I heard Kia. Kia. No, you're, you're <laughs> close. You went from Keel to Kia. To Kill? You're, you're getting warmer. Keo. K-I-O. What's your guess that we're hearing here? It's got to be a producer. Yes. It's, it's the name of the producer. It's the name yeah. of the producer. This is producer. like saying like mustard on the track. Yes, exactly. This is like a little tag, a signature, a, a, almost like a watermark, like a like mm. a like on a yeah. bill, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This lets you know that this song is produced by Young Keo. Mm. You know who that is, right? No idea. Okay. <laughs> neither, neither did I. And that's because Young Keo is a heretofore unknown uh, 18-year-old beat maker from the Netherlands. Get out of here. This track is the most postmodern song. I'm loving this. Yeah, this is the wild this is the wild world we live in today, young Charles. So young Keo, so this is this is like so interesting to me. How did young Keo from the Netherlands and Little Nas X, two teenagers from Georgia and the Netherlands respectively, get together on this track? Mm, okay, I'm gonna guess Snapchat? Have you heard of BeatStars? Nope. BeatStars is just one of a number of websites where you, if you make a beat, Charlie, you can upload it to this site and then charge money for other people to use Uh, it. Yes, yes, yes. Lil Nas X was looking for a beat, went on to BeatStars, scrolling through Young Keo's beats. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. He found one he liked and paid $29.99 for it. Oh, my God. Proceeded to record his vocals yeah. on top of it. And fast forward to now number one song in America. Man, I was worried about like artificial intelligence making beats. But there's kids in their bedrooms producing hundreds of them, selling them for nearly nothing. Yeah, it's, a, it's such an interesting wrinkle to this story. You know, the only credit Keo really gets is that shout out. That, that, and that's why and I, it, it puts these sort of producer tags or watermarks in a whole new light for me because 
in a landscape where these beats are being exchanged globally at like such a fast rate, mm. that might be the only way that you can sort of put your imprint on something that is going to circulate far beyond your original intention. Do you think the currency of beats is doing better than the currency of Bitcoin? <laughs> That's, uh, we, we, we would need an economist for that. <laughs> I think they're ever depreciating, it sounds like. I will say, if we do want to talk about the economics for a sec, it's yeah. like, my first reaction is like, wow, young Keo, you got screwed here. Yeah, man. Right, no th kidding. They're $29.99 <laughs> for a number one song. That does not seem like a good deal. No. But he reached out to, to Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X attributed him on the track. Nice. And he's getting lots of other offers totally. now. Right. So yeah. maybe that, that $29.99 will, yeah. you know, uh, amortize yes. over time. It's the price of, it's, it's his entry ticket. So now we know how this beat hooked up with this singer. Okay. But now let's go deeper into something you mentioned at, at the at the get-go. Nine Inch Nails. How did they fit into this story? How does Trent Reznor's industrial rock band yeah. come into here? Young Keo used a sample from a Nine Inch Nails track called, okay, let me see if I can, 34 Ghosts 4. Yes. But the 34 is numeric and the 4 is Roman numerals. That's correct. Do you know why? I think I know why. Oh, really? Because so I was... Ghosts was this album okay. that Trent Reznor put out in the two thousands uh -huh. area. I can't remember exactly when. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Okay, yeah. and it was a deluxe. I think four discs because I think CDs still mattered then, right? And he put it out under a Creative Commons license, and they were all. He basically had all of these songs that were just titled numbers one two three four on this is the 34th track on the ghosts four project ah. and they're very naked tracks not a lot happening some of them have that standard angst that you get from nine sure. inch nails and actually a lot of it sounds almost like the social network soundtrack that we heard uh trent reznor did one of grammy four with atticus ross and there are others that have some like acoustic also kind of melancholy things and this is this one's actually very popular in fact I hear this all the time on public radio. This is a favorite song of This American Life. Uses it all the time. Wait, really? WBEZ Chicago, it's This American Life. I'm Ira Glass. So Khanna Jaffe Watt, one of our producers, has been reporting this story. Because the idea was like these, these beats were really sparse and were kind of meant for interpretation. Trent Reznor was really interested in seeing how are the ways that we can change music distribution. And so he did some of those things where the albums were free. And in this case, the album was like truly free. You could pay what you want and you could just take the music and do what you want with it. And so this, it's not surprising that this track is being used here because I'm pretty sure I'd have to check the licensing if it was attribution or non-attribution. Huh. Creative Commons has different licensing rules and how it works. But basically, it was a lot easier to use this as a sample than uh, another another song. This is sort of in its original intent was getting out into the world through new forms, whether that's public radio or a country trap what? remix. So Ira Glass is in the mix now? Yeah. Wow, this story yeah. just keeps on getting more complicated. Let's simplify it by just yeah. listening to this track from Nine Inch Nails. And it's introspective. When you hear it in this version, dissociated from Old Town Road, it's kind of wild that this is the basis for a number one track right now. You can hear, though, that in what kind of sounds like a banjo, I don't know if it is a banjo. It sounds banjo-ish. 
the melodies in there. There's definitely, yeah. So this is a great question. Like, what are we even listening to here? Some kind of combination of plucked string mm -hmm. instruments, maybe banjo, maybe guitar, maybe it sounds, bass. It sounds like, if anything, maybe it's even like a fretless banjo. There's also definitely some processing of these sounds oh, yeah. going on as well. Well, and that's part of Trent Reznor's thing. It's like you never know if it's an acoustic instrument, an electronic instrument, or the blurring of the two. Yeah, so let's hold on to this. Let's put that in our utility belt because we might need it later when we come to the big C uh, discussion, whether this is <laughs> country or not. But for now, let's just press on ahead, okay? Yeah. So, okay. To, so to review so far, Netherlands teenager young Keo samples this Creative Commons Nine Inch Nails track from 2008 into a beat which is purchased by Little Nas X, an Atlanta teenager, in which he records his lyrics to Old Town Road. Okay. Yeah. Now, there's one more step, though, that is another very 21st century phenomenon to get us from this track to Billboard's dominance. And that is something called TikTok. Oh, I know TikTok. Okay. You then, you know more than I, because this was a, a dive for me into um, a, a very different culture than one I was familiar with. Yeah. So TikTok, then, okay, you're familiar. You're an expert. Break, what's, I'm not what's an TikTok? expert. I know, I'm, I'm no, too late. Too late. You are, <laughs> you are a de facto senior correspondent on all TikTok related affairs. I, mean, I, I don't mean to trivialize it, but it's kind of Vine 2.0. Fine was this video service you could upload short videos to that Twitter bought and shut down. And I think TikTok is kind of like the reincarnation of this, where people make uh, short video clips that play on loop. And there's a whole sort of subculture of comedy and drama. Yeah. And there's there's like multiple genres of videos. It's a different, it's basically a social media platform yeah. that's user-generated content of ridiculous and interesting video stuff. Yeah. That's a beautiful synopsis, Charlie. Okay. Uh, and now, if, if you'll permit me, based on my dive, my research into this uh, TikTok community, I'll narrate um, the viral challenge video that made the song so popular on the platform. Oh. Okay, we open on a cup marked Yeehaw Juice. <laughs> okay, the star of the video picks up the cup, puts it to their lips, and they start imbibing this Yeehaw Juice. <laughs> And they're dressed in some kind of plain outfit, you know, just like some everyday clothes. <laughs> and then upon drinking this magic elixir, at this moment, something happens. I got the horses in the bag, horse stock is attached, head is mad at black, got the boosters black to match. They transform into a completely country outfit, like plaid, cowboy hats, <laughs> cowboy boots, head to toes. Yeah. I don't know how compelling that was to listen to, but watching it, it's really fun. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. It's just watching people, not just people, cats, dogs, people all over the world, drinking Yeehaw Juice and becoming this, you know, this new countrified version of themselves. It is very entertaining, and that's really where the song started gaining traction. It was so popular that radio DJs uh, who wanted to play it, there wasn't an official song. There was no release version. <laughs> so how did they play it? Uh, they stripped it off of SoundCloud. Uh, off of YouTube, even. No way. Yeah. Well. Where, incidentally, the video on YouTube is simply images from a video game called Red Dead Redemption. Which features uh, a bunch of black cowboys uh, on horses riding around. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Now we're getting to the, the, the controversy surrounding this song. I think we've traced how it came to be, how it came to be popular. Now it's rising up on the billboard charts as it makes its way sort of from TikTok to like larger media. 
and the controversy. So Lil Nas X, we haven't dropped this yet, is African-American. And this song is taken down by Billboard, as in it is removed from the country charts because it is deemed not musically country enough. Oopsie daisies. <laughs> and this, if, as if the song's like sort of crazy ascent hasn't been supercharged enough, this, this controversy just takes it to a whole nother level because now all of a sudden people are like, wait a minute, why did the song get taken down? And are you sure it's not because of the race of the performer, right. not the actual musical quality? That's right. So, okay, so now this song is, is, is a, a bona fide controversy. And we have a final player in our drama, right? Yeah. From uh, Lil Nas X, Young Keo, Trent Reznor, Ira Glass, and finally Billy Ray Cyrus enters the picture. He throws his support behind Lil Nas X and even goes so far as to record a remix of the song with him. Let's listen to a little bit of Billy Ray Cyrus's verse. Slow down. What? What? What, where, what else do you need to know here? Billy Ray Cyrus? Billy Ray Cyrus, father of Miley, singer of Achy Breaky Heart, country superstar. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. It's kind of like, I imagine there's a whole generation of people who are like, who? Who is Billy Ray Cyrus? Yeah. Wait, whoa. Well, I don't know where this <laughs> Billy Ray hate is coming from, Charlie, but I think you are diminishing his fame as the the scion of one of the most famous musical families around Has he now. he made any music? He doesn't have to. He was, he's, he's, he was on <laughs> Hannah Montana. He doesn't need to make music anymore. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. All right, let's play the track. All right. Hat down, cross town, living like a rock star. Spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar. Baby's got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports bras. Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car. Got no stress, I've been through all that. I'm like a Marlboro man, so I kick on back. Wish I could roll on back to that old town road. I wanna ride till I can't. He sounds good, man. He's oh, got yeah. that, that rasp, rasp in yeah. his voice. I love that he's t he's playing with all of the same cliches, right? He's driving his Maserati down mm -hmm. Rodeo Drive, which is a, an amazing little country turn of phrase because Rodeo Drive, rodeo, mm, right? It's like what, the fanciest street there. in yeah. Beverly Hills with the fanciest cars and the fanciest shops. It's a place that I always feel extremely uncomfortable walking down here in L.A. Uh, I do not fit in. So he, but he's like he's using the same lyrical satire as Lil Nas X. And I think we see by Billy Ray doing this that, oh yeah, there's country stars that do the same, make the same kind of jokes. Country stars make fun of the tropes about trucks and whiskey mm -hmm. in songs. And this is a really great play on that. Totally. And one more thing about the Billy Ray remix that is interesting is, remember a few weeks ago we did uh, an episode about how Spotify is changing uh, the sound of pop music. And yes. how one of the big things is songs are getting shorter. Yep. Condensed. How long do you think the original uh, release of the song by Lil Nas X was? I'm going to give it two minutes and 16 seconds. And you would be wrong because it is a minute and 53 no seconds. No way. Yeah. Wow. So the Billy Ray Cyrus <laughs> remix takes it up to like two minutes and 37 seconds, okay. I think. So <laughs> I just think there, it's a really interesting corollary to that episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So now at this point, we have discussed the origin of this song. Uh, it's, it's rise to the top of the Billboard charts in spite of the controversy surrounding it's uh, being taken down from the country charts. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to answer a burning question. Was Billboard right to take this song down? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited. 
Support for Switched on Pop comes from Stereophonic, Broadway's must-experience-new play. If you're anything like us, you're obsessed with music. Not just listening to it, but everything behind the scenes as well. What makes a good band? What makes a great song? And what does it take to make it big? All of these questions and more are explored in the remarkable new Broadway play, Stereophonic. The New York Times, The New Yorker, and New York Magazine call it best of the year, and Peter Marks of The Washington Post says, okay, I'll go there. Stereophonic is the best play of the year. Written by David Adjmi, directed by Daniel Aachen, and featuring original music by Arcade Fire's Will Butler, the story follows an up-and-coming 1970s rock band as they gather in a California music studio to record a brand new album, but it's a bumpy ride that threatens to tear the band apart. You may find yourself being reminded of the famous recording processes for legendary bands like Led Zeppelin, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, and Fleetwood Mac. So get your tickets now and see Stereophonic live on Broadway this spring. Visit StereophonicPlay.com slash Vox for more info. Vox Creative. This is advertiser content from 26.2 Team Milk and their new docu-series, Running Sucks. Is running the worst? Yeah. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate it so freaking much. That you're a real runner now! I did it. <laughs> I'm Abby Ayers, a 37-year-old mom from Utah who found herself running across the Manhattan Bridge in my first race ever. Running Sucks celebrates women who run and the running communities that carry them across the finish line. Running helped me in so many ways postpartum. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. For every person like you, I'm telling you you belong, and I'm telling you you can do it. I never thought the words would leave my mouth, but yes, I'm planning on running a marathon. (laughs) I can't even say it without laughing, because, like, who would have thought? Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course. Okay, so once again, Old Town Road, this country smash, was deemed by Billboard actually not to be a country song at all. Taken down from the country charts, (laughs) and now it's currently risen up to number one on the pop charts. uh, Probably not, not a little bit because of that controversy. Yeah. Which raises a question, right? What is country? Who, who gets to decide? What are the limits of this genre? A question we've explored a number of times on the show because I think it is so endlessly fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but let's just like follow Billboard's lead here for a second okay. because they have just created a system in which certain songs like Old Town Road are not deemed musically country enough Mm. to be on the charts. Mm. And if you're wondering what that means, here's a quote (laughs) from the wise people at Billboard. Quote, the song is not embracing enough elements of today's country music in its current version. Okay, so to be clear, they have established some criteria, but they have not told us what that criteria is. Is Well, here, I can go on. Quote, determining which chart a song lives on is an ongoing process that depends on a number of factors most notably the song's musical composition but also how the song is marketed and promoted the musical history of the artist airplay the song receives and how the song is platformed on streaming services oh it still feels very vague to me but these are some very non-mutually exclusive criteria but let's give it a try well musical they put musical composition at the forefront, at the so forefront. i think that's what we should do too okay 
So let's help Billboard out. Let's comb through the country charts and see if we can't find some other tracks that don't belong. And we'll start with BB Rexa and Florida Georgia Line, Meant to Be. If it's meant to be, it'll be. Nice descending harmonic progression there. I wonder, in fact, if that descending harmonic progression is a reference to Let It Be by the Beatles. That just occurred to me. Anyway, we can table that. Okay, Okay, so does this belong on the country charts? Thumbs up, thumbs down. We are the, the Roman emperors here. Does it live or does it die? On the contemporary country charts, sure, why not? Okay, so what is where, where do we point to saying like, okay, this has the musical elements of a country song to, to quoth Billboard? I think essential is vocal twang. Okay. So you got to sing way up here and even more. I mean like, in here. So it's not, it's, whoa, it's no. not about, because that, that guy had a low voice. Oh, yeah, no, but you, even if you got You're talking about voice, the, the nasal, the nasal twang. Yeah, nasal bass is still appropriate. Yeah, yeah. That you do it much more. The twang factor. Yeah. Okay. There is a pedal steel. Uh, is there? Yeah. Wait, r- r- rewind that back. Let me hear that pedal steel. If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be, baby, just let it be. If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be, baby, just let it be. That whining synthy stuff? Yep. Okay. I hear it. I hear it. That high, sort of high pitch, um, it's, it's spacious, uh, kind of metallic sound yeah. in yeah. the background. Yeah. You're right. And that there's got a, a, you know, the, on top of vocal twang, there's often instrumental twang, yeah. which is often the banjo, the mandolin gives you a little bit of that, uh, the way that you play the electric guitar, even, mm-hmm. right? Like, can I, can I do that for you really quickly? Yeah. Yeah. So you can even get it in an instrument like the guitar. You know, some guitar is just sort of like big and open, like. But if you want it to be like really country and you yeah. want it to twang, you can do something like. I'm right? loving that twang. It, yeah. It's almost like it's almost like if a duck sang, they would sound like that. And you're and you're producing that twang by the way you're you're plucking the the guitar, maybe the way you've dialed in the different the the tone wheels and timbres of the instrument. It, it you know it, it's traditionalist yeah. in the way that people play this guitar. Like this is a Telecaster Fender's original electric guitar. And it plays through an old amp, and it plays through old gear, and it, it is as much country and sort of looking backward as uh, as sometimes the genre can be. Let me get that. Let me get that yeah. distinction one more time. Yeah. Let's hear the yeah. open tone. Yeah. So this is like warmer and yeah. woody. So like, so yeah, it's like you know, it's nice. Yeah. But if I play it here down at the bridge and go, yeah, and you can do like a really fun. You get it really. Yeah. Playing. So I'm watching, and you just moved your hand further down to the kind of base of the strings, kind of muted it with your palm a little bit, and we get that characteristic sound. Country. So it's got like the vocal twang, instrumental twang, and that 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 here is provided by the by the, the pedal steel, which is you know it's a t- it's a type of guitar which is played with a slide. Mm. And it's very whiny. Mm. It has like a. 
Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's that's slide guitar, but you can do slide guitar or, or, or pedal steel. And it has a, it's whiny. Okay, okay. So Meant to Be by BB Rexa and Florida Georgia Line has pedal steel twang and vocal twang. Anything else? Any other co- country bona fides here? Uh, I think lyrical content matters. Oh, yeah, uh, Meant to Be, Meant to Be. That's very, very country there, isn't it? Uh, that's kind of vague, right? Yeah. I mean, but I, if we go to the rest of the song, I'm like, maybe okay, I, I, would, I would expect to hear some tropes about more rural or suburban living. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I did just play you the chorus. Okay, let's move on. So we're we're in the our, our thumbs are kind of in the middle here. We are you no your thumbs up. You keep this on well, the charts. I think because I kind of know where you're going a little bit, which is to say that like country as a sound is ever evolving and we've tackled this on our show and there's some stuff which to me actually sounds evidence of influence maybe some bleed into some other genres in here even in this verse wait you spoil everything yes genre is fiction that is where we're going but let's put another song on the chopping block ready (laughs) thumbs up thumbs down does kelsey ballerini's miss you more belong on the hot country charts my own sheets in the bed I made up. I forgot I had dreams, I forgot I had wings, forgot who I was before I ever kissed you. Yeah, I thought I'd miss you, but I miss me more. This is a song about a snare drum. <laughs> There's some beautiful word painting in the very beginning of that chorus, right? I march to beat my own snare drum, and then they come in, and kind of in a weird beat, too. It's very nice, very nice. I feel like... Say it, say it. T-bomb. T-drop it. (laughs) You're twang-obsessed. I think that the twang here actually plays a bit of a backseat. Oh, okay. Right, like when we hear... There's some banjos in there, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, yeah, definitely. They're really compressed. Yeah. They sound... They sound like they're in the distance. They're not. They're 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 not in the foreground. Yeah. It's not the most prominent part of the music. It's really there as window dressing to say, "Don't forget, this is a country song, even though it has an EDM beat." Yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Um, do we hear twang in her vocals though? Yeah. Light twang. Yeah, light twang. Light twang. Okay. Yeah. So I I ask you again, thumbs up, thumbs down. Country track. Does this belong in the country charts? To quote Billboard, are there enough musical elements here? Sure, yeah. Okay, yeah, great. It's, you're, it's country. You're a generous ruler. Thumbs up for Meant to Be. Thumbs up for Missy Morales. Let's do one more. This is Sam Hunt Speakers. Okay, so here I'm really interested in his vocal delivery, especially. Yeah. And is this is this country? <laughs> that sounds almost like a Kendrick Lamar delivery. Or okay, the first thing I thought was Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> oh yes. Dang. 
amusing. So Sam Hunt is totally biting off Crazy Bone and, and yeah. generations of hip-hop flow. Uh, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, incidentally, uh, I know this thanks to my partner Whitney, have an amazing track from 98 called Ghetto Cowboy. Really? That might be the original country <laughs> rap mashup. Uh, but I digress. Okay, thumbs up, thumbs down, Sam Hunt, speakers. Yes, it's a country song. It's, I mean, it's, it is. It's got all the twang. Right. Okay. There's so, like the twang is front and center. There. <laughs> yeah, we've got acoustic guitar, but then there are all the, so these hip hop elements, the the vocal delivery. So right, and at the end of the day, yes, I don't actually think that any of these songs should be ripped from the country charts, and I don't think Old Town Road should be ripped from the country charts either, because obviously, what is and what isn't country is not just a matter of abstract musical quality, but a constantly changing, constantly in flux. A discourse about what we collectively decide country is and is not. Yeah. I did some homework. Oh, I'm proud of you. All right. I found another track that I wanted to share with you. Let's hear it. This is uh, Fillmore's Love That About You. Fillmore's Love That About You. Okay. I'm not familiar with Fillmore. Girl, so don't go changing no time soon. Because I love that about you. I love that about you. I love that. That's fun. What genre is that? I don't even know anymore. This it is, is omni generic. I feel like this is of like Ed Sheeran, Diplo, and Future wrote a beat together. Very cool. Yeah, that's fun. Fillmore. Again, the point is not this is country. This isn't. The point is country is a state of mind. Essentially, country is what you make it. And in fact, the the racial dimensions of this particular case with Old Town Road are really interesting because, again, there is, uh, I think, a, a very real sense that what is allowed to be country is often what is produced by white artists. Well, the country charts are overwhelmingly white. Yes. I mean, almost entirely, almost all the time. All the time, with one uh, interesting exception, which we will we will end the show with. But it's it, it points to, to the deeper history of what we call country and not country. That brings us back to the, the beginning of the Billboard charts. But I want to get there through another viral country star, and that's Walmart Kid, a.k.a. Mason Ramsey, a.k.a. the yodeling singer recorded in a viral video at Walmart. Okay, so you remember wow. this, right? No, I never saw this. What? Charlie? If you had told me that this was like an, a, a recently found phonograph, oh my God, I would have believed you. This was a little boy named Mason Ramsey who sang the song at Walmart. It was filmed. It went viral. Just like uh, Lil Nas X, he became, he rode that virality to the country charts. No way. And is now, I think, a pretty successful country <laughs> entertainer. Okay, but what is he singing there? He's singing a song by Hank Williams called Love Sick Blues, first recorded by Hank way back in 1948. Yeah, okay, 
But this wasn't a song written by Hank Williams. He, in fact, was re-recording it based on another version. Huh. There have been a few versions, but we can go back to uh, a recording made in 1928 by Emmett Miller and his Georgia Crackers. And ever since my mama's gone away, I've got them lovesick balloons. I got a feeling called a blue. Since my mama said goodbye. It seems I don't know why This is some traditional jazz. Yeah, all of a sudden it's like, wait, trace this song far back enough. And if, you know, if the clue wasn't there in its title enough, Lovesick Blues, Blues yeah. like this is absolutely coming from an African-American tradition. And in fact, this track features some star jazz performers of the day like Tommy Dorsey hmm. and Eddie Lang. Okay, but here's one more reveal about this song. Recorded in 1928 by Emmett Miller. Mm. Emmett Miller was a musician who came out of the minstrel tradition, who was a white Georgian who performed in blackface. Whoa. So there is a, like, you know, when we did the history of Cotton Eye Joe, so much country music right. dates back to minstrelsy. Mm -hmm. And this is the song by Hank Williams via Mason Ramsey is no exception. Right. But it points to the fact that originally this song wasn't country at all. It was some kind of, mix some hybrid some jazz blues gospel country hillbilly hybrid so how did country music become country music it wasn't just a natural evolution people came along and drew a line in the sand and those people were billboard the 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 record industry like people who were like okay we need to take this fascinating mixed up melange of southern music that crosses racial lines and turn it into something that is very clearly along racial lines so that mm. we can market very clearly to these different groups and increase our proceeds. So mm. they install the Harlem Hit Parade. That's the original predecessor of the, the what is now the hot R&B slash hip hop charts, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. Harlem Hit Parade. So it's very racially coded from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, the, what's now the hot country charts, that starts off as hillbilly records. <laughs> no joke, that was literally called <laughs> the, the hillbilly charts. So funny. So back, this is like late 30s, early 40s, there was a very clear desire to separate these into racial musical categories. Hmm. So it's not just an accident or a natural evolution that we now have still these racial associations with country versus R&B hip hop. Right. That is a planned and, and, and calculated move that we are living with today. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, we've gone way in the past and I'm going to, I'm very curious what you're going to do taking us back to the present. Let's come out the other side with yeah. that with that one outlier currently on the uh, the country charts. As of this recording number 39. Yeah. This is Kane Brown, a biracial country singer featuring Becky G uh and the song is called Lost in the Middle of Nowhere. Lost in the middle of nowhere. I think it's kind of another one of these country pop hip hop hybrids, right? But what interests me even more is something that I think is really cool that this duo did. Kane Brown and Becky G released a Spanish language remix of this song. Ooh. And when the, I'm very excited for your reaction when the chorus hits. Let's play this one from the very beginning. Past our exit five ago. 
Four lanes to county roads, playlists lighting up the dark, 808s and pounding hard. Don't tell nobody where we're going, it's you and me in the headlights glowing. Girl, don't you know I got the key to your heart in my car, let's go far. Yeah, mami, no puta donde, si tu me escondes, nadie nos puede encontrar. It's that classic <laughs> reggaeton beat, right? Yeah. Okay, so to me, this Spanish language reggaeton remix signals that despite the fact that Lil Nas X was taken off the Billboard country charts, I actually think this music is moving back to its roots, back to embracing musical, racial, cultural hybridity. Like, I feel cautiously optimistic about the increasing diversity of the country charts. I mean, if we're talking about starting from a very low count. <laughs> <laughs> from a low okay, count. Like, like, what I'm getting from this discussion is that the people are not where the gatekeepers are at. Mm. And that we have some institutional anxiety yes, about yeah. people's that. roles and how they per- get to participate in saying this is this and this is that. Yeah. And it's not insignificant that Lil Nas X track was hashtag country on soundcloud you can basically name your own genre so who gets to claim genre this obviously gets very sticky when it goes across racial lines Mm. it's very different to say be in a project of reclamation of a culture that might have been whitewashed than to assert oneself into a culture that one is not a part of Mm. and i think that where a lot of dialogue on well can I call myself a, a hip hop artist versus, Hey, can I, can anybody call themselves a country artist? Yeah. There's a false equivalency and it, it, I have no problem with Lil Nas X rightfully reclaiming parts of country music history, which have been erased probably both often unintentionally, but frequently intentionally. But when I hear trap beats in country music, I actually feel like there's probably more learning, more referencing, more paying your dues before it's appropriate to make those cross-genre leaps from country artist to hip-hop artist versus hip-hop artist to country artist. Charles, I love that. And, and in the spirit of audiences and creators who are sort of ahead of the gatekeepers, let's end by saying that on our, our show page, we're going to link to two great pieces exploring that. One is an interview with the creator of the Yeehaw Agenda, Brie Melandro. And another is this incredible Twitter thread by Tanya Texas Tucker that explores the, the deep history of uh, black artists collaborating with country music stars. Switched on Pop is a production of Vox Media. Our producer is Jillian Weinberger. Our editor and engineer is Brandon McFarland. Our community manager is Sarah Terry. And our executive producers are Nishat Kurwa and Allison Rocky. You can find more episodes on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, anywhere you get podcasts, including our website, switchedonpop.com. You can find us on social media at Switched on Pop on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love chatting with you there. And we're going to be back in another week with another episode. Until then. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. 
Support for Switched On Pop comes from Stereophonic, Broadway's must-experience new play. If you only see one thing on Broadway this year, make sure it's Stereophonic, written by David Adjmi, directed by Daniel Aachen, and featuring original music by Arcade Fire's Will Butler. The play follows a 1970s rock band on the verge of breaking down, breaking up, or breaking through. The New York Times, The New Yorker, and New York Magazine call it best of the year, and Peter Marks of the Washington Post says, okay, I'll go there. Stereophonic is the best play of the year. Get your tickets at stereophonicplay.com slash fox.